0: Hey there and welcome! You are listening to the Parkview Global Podcast. We are so excited for you to join the conversations between
1: our Global Missions hosts and our amazing guests. Don't forget to follow our social media accounts at Parkview Global. Now, enjoy the podcast.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Parkview Global Podcast. My name is Bill Carroll and I am the Global Pastor at Parkview Christian Church right outside of Chicago. We invite you to follow along with us as we welcome a different one of our global partners on the podcast each month. Today we are joined by Noah Upton. Noah is the lead pastor of a brand new church that's starting in Decatur, Illinois called Discover Church. You might remember Noah as a worship leader last year for Parkview. We're super glad to have you back, Noah. Uh, Noah and his wife, Tricia, and two girls are now living in Decatur and have already begun the initial steps of launching the church. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Noah. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. Nice.
0: <laughs> you might remember Noah from such places as campuses or yes. stage or yeah, Homemade guitar. In Northern yeah. Park. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah New awesome. Lennox.
1: Yeah. No, man. It's It's been so great to develop a... Uh, Relationship with the Parkview family. I mean, seriously, you guys are family to me. As we were driving up here today, I, I kept saying, uh, "Like our," as if I was just still, just still Absolutely. part of the team, part of the family. We, we so. still count you, good. So cool. <laughs> All right. First
0: things first, we always try and jump right into the serious questions. Okay. Uh, growing up with a biblical name like Noah, I mean, there has to be at least one really funny story from grade school, where because kids are mean. And so, <laughs> so can you share one funny story with your name?
1: You know, I don't know if I have one particularly funny story. Mm-hmm. Um, But to this day, I mean, I'm 29 years old and I still get the Noah jokes, the classics like, are you done with the boat? (laughs) Um, And, you know, if it's raining, it's like, well, better get to work or, (laughs) you know, do you have some kind of special connection with animals? And uh, So my, my... Obviously, I'm Noah, and then my brother is Jonah. Oh, no. And so two biblical names, both (laughs) water-based stories. Um, And then my other brother's name is Joram. That was a king in the Bible. Oh, nice. And then somehow my, uh, my sister, who's the youngest, ended up with... Sabrina. So I don't know, <laughs> like, teenage wish. yeah. My that's parents awesome. were just done. They were like, well, "We're done with <laughs> biblical names, so let's go for Sabrina." So no really funny stories, but yeah. I, I do still get the typical Noah, you know, jokes that's even to great. this day. So that's
0: great. Yeah, I'm especially excited that you're here because we love talking about church planting. Uh, that's a fancy phrase, a church word that means uh, starting new churches. Uh, on previous episodes of the podcast, we've interviewed a couple of the leaders of national church planting organizations, mm. so go back and check out those episodes. But this is really cool because now we can actually, actually ask a church planter how the process of starting a church actually happens. So Noah, first of all, why do we need new churches? Don't we have plenty of churches already?
1: Uh, the simple answer to the second question, you know, do we have, don't we have enough, is no. Uh, we don't have enough. Um, the statistics actually show us that if you were to fill every church in any given area twice, uh, that means so two capacity twice in one day, you would still not fit even half the people in your population. Yeah. Um, and so obviously that's a huge indicator right there that, no, we don't have enough churches because if each church had to fit everybody that's just in existence now— you'd have to have four, five, six gatherings per church every week just to fit everyone in your area. Um, so the simple answer is no. Uh, but, you know, I think of uh, Brian Houston one time said, um, you know, we don't need more churches. We need more life-changing churches. Good. And so uh, really that's what we're about too. I mean, we want to help bring life change to people. And, you know, we don't have enough churches. If And, and the fact is, Not, it's not just about attendance, it's not just about the capacity of things, it's also about the impact that we have on the community. Um, because churches are proven time and time again from you know biblical times to now to change the communities that they're inside of. I mean. You look at statistics like um, graduation rates. I mean, even something as small as that. And I say small. It's not small. It's big. It's a big deal for students. Um, When a person uh, of that age is attending church regularly, their... their likelihood of graduating is higher statistically by multiple percentage points. Um, You look at poverty rates, you look at um, domestic abuse, you look at alcoholism, drug abuse, um, all of these things, the percentage of people or the the number uh, drastically goes down when, when we're looking at people involved in churches. Mm -hmm. So you look around at the problems facing our population today and obviously this is on top of a pandemic, right. <laughs> um, but looking at the the issues facing our population today, the solution, I will not say is the church. It's God that is, that is moving these churches forward. Uh, God is the answer. He's our source. But the church is facilitating uh, places. It's facilitating ministry outside of the four walls. That is literally impacting the community. So we don't have enough churches. We don't. Uh, we don't have enough people um, uh, to to make sure that each person in our community. The ratio is way off. You know, from people to churches, and and from people inside churches to outside of churches. Um, so we do need more. We always need more. <laughs> it's it's not about the buildings. It's about the impact, really, more so that we're making.
0: So, yeah, that's good stuff. I think probably the next big question on everyone's mind is. Out of all the places in the world, why are you choosing to plant a church in Decatur, Illinois? Yes. And then the follow-up would be, haven't you heard of a place called Hawaii? Yeah.
1: Uh, yes, I've heard of that place. Oh, nice. It's a little place, beautiful place. Um, and you know, what's funny about that is my wife's from Decatur. Yeah, oh, nice. And we actually worked there as worship pastors for a few years um and we know here's how i always tell people uh, like you brought up hawaii i always tell people we know this isn't the number one tourist destination <laughs> like this isn't the place you want to go on vacation or anything like that we're in the middle of nowhere uh surrounded by a bunch of corn and beans and uh you know we're known for uh our smell yeah. <laughs> um, down because there the
0: factory for what is it it's adm yeah, yeah yeah they're down well, soybean there. factory yeah
1: soybean it? factory you got them in staley's and between the two it's potent <laughs> true, true
0: story i grew up up in Springfield, Illinois. Yes. On
1: certain days when the wind is blowing. From Decatur towards Springfield, you can smell it. Yes, it's the truth. Uh, so I live on, on the north end of town. And when the, when the wind is coming from the south, (laughs) you can just smell it. It's just what it is, but you get used to it. The family's there. Yes. Family is also there. So my wife grew up there. And, and to be honest, the call, the calling to go to Decatur had not very much to do with family. Um, honestly, we would not have chosen that. Hmm. And that's how, in my mind, God kind of expressed this to me one day. He's like, listen, because it's not the first place you would choose, it's the first place I need you to go. Good. And um, this is a place that, very interestingly enough, um, I would call a city without hope. Mm. And then God really got a hold of me one day. The Holy Spirit just kind of felt like he grabbed me by the shirt and was like, why are you calling it that? And I said, well, it's just, it's what it is, isn't it? You know, like, I did the worst thing. I argued with God. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. He said, because hope is never left because I never left. I've always been there. And he said, they simply haven't discovered it yet. Cool. And in that one moment of a gentle rebuke, you know, of like, Hey, stop, stop messing this up. Stop calling this a place without hope because hope is available. In that same moment, he gave us what would be kind of our vision for the future. And that was that people would discover him. That became our name. It became Discover church. And, uh, and so that story is always what I love to tell people because, you know Decatur was never our first choice but it's a place that that needs God and I really feel like it's kind of one of those moments of if I can do it here I can do it anywhere and it's not because it's the worst place in the world it's because um a lot of people haven't stepped up to the plate and said we'll take this on and I'm just saying God I didn't want to take it on but I know you can you know so that's that's definitely why we didn't choose it God chose it we're just obeying
0: so. that's great so to start a new church from scratch, I mean, like, yeah. what is that process? Look, Where do you start? What's, what's the first thing you do to start a new church?
1: Uh, you pray. Good. <laughs> you pray. You do not do anything without praying. Uh, we know that the battle's won in prayer. So before we ever even considered moving, before we ever considered planting a church, the, the calling for planting a church came probably about seven years ago. Mm. And uh, we were off at uh, a worship. We were actually teaching at a worship workshop and in that weird weekend, it was very strange. Both my wife and I had that calling—the exact same calling, different times of the weekend. I had the weekend had nothing to do with that, and so um, God did that. But then the years leading up to that were just bathed in prayer, and um, we know that if we tried and tried to do this on our own, it was going to fail. We knew that, and we still know that, and and we're constantly every day having to not only remind our team but remind ourselves of that because it's it's very easy to get caught up in this idea of well I'll just do this or we'll just do make this decision and we'll just kind you just kind of rapidly just boom 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 fire 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 and then you look step back and you go oh this is kind of a mess. So you got to start with prayer first off, but then obviously come the practical side of things, the 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 tangible things that we do have to do. The Bible even talks about preparing the horse for battle. What does that mean? That means get your stuff ready, and then let God do the rest. Is what it says. Then let God ride it in and, and take it into battle. So we we prepare for God to do the work that He can do. Um, but there's a lot of things. There's a lot of tangible things. Yeah, so, um, so walk
0: us through the process. I mean, yeah. Where do you get the money? Where do you get people? Yeah. How do you find a place to meet? And, and most importantly, where do you buy communion uh, trays? Because i are not at Walmart. I've looked in- incessantly, and where does somebody get something like that?
1: Uh, well, that's a very good question. Um, I'm, there's Google is wonderful. Nice. It tells us so much. <laughs> um, but honestly, we started by looking at organizations that have success rates of, of planting churches, um, and really took some of uh, a little piece of each model and um our our model is a is a big launch model so um it's very interesting through this pandemic, even even as of the last couple of weeks, things have been having to shift around. We've had to go online when we didn't want to. We've had to keep going online when we didn't want to. And and so now we're getting into a, a position where we're going to start being able to meet in person and we're going to do it very strategically to where we're not, you know, facing any limit issues or anything like that. But when it comes to how do we do it? So you you know, you asked the question of, you know, where do you get money um, from people <laughs> and from and from churches uh such as Parkview? I mean, Parkview's been a, a fantastic fantastic help uh, in that endeavor. And um, then other churches have partnered with us and and people have partnered with us. Um, You do have to be bold. You have to ask. You can't just sit back and go, well, they know what we're doing, so I'm sure at some point they'll feel you know, maybe guilty enough <laughs> to give or something. It's not that. It's, it's you got to be bold. You got to tell people what you're doing. And really, the goal is not to convince them to give. The goal is to get them to buy into the vision. Uh, Of what we're doing and so it's to say listen, here's what we're doing and here's how not only can you make the difference But you can be the difference through this giving through your generosity Um, And so really that's how we get the money. We ask people. There's no other way to do it (laughs) It's not just gonna fall into our laps Um, And obviously we give um, And our team is giving and so that's great too when it comes to people speaking of the team um, again, it's kind of that same tactic. You got to be bold. You got to ask. Um, and so, you know, I've got a buddy here with me today. And, uh, and you know, we had to have a conversation. And really, we don't want to have to convince anybody. That's that's not the goal. If I have to convince somebody to be a part of the team, then I've failed already. Because I'm going to have to keep convincing them to stay. But if I can tell them, hey, here's what we're doing. Does this sound like something You want to be a part of? Does this sound like your vision for your community as well? And they go, Oh, yeah, I I want to see this kind of change take place. I want to be a part of this. Beautiful. That's when someone goes, I'm all in. And that's actually ironically that phrase. Each team member that's come in, so uh, probably up until like the number like 15, somewhere in there, we had um, separate meetings with all of them and none of them knew it but each of them in our meetings said we're all in. It was it, we didn't we didn't tell them to say that. We didn't ask them to go all in, but each of them said that and as that progress you know kept going, we realized this is something we want to um utilize in the future. So actually now when we ask people if they want to be a part of the church, we simply say would you go all in? Yeah. Because all in is much more than just be a part. Yeah. All in is hey, we're here we're ready. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to go as far as it takes us, and uh, and we're going to see it through. So that's really the the goal of getting uh, people. Place to meet is a whole nother uh, ball game. <laughs> that is something that is is honestly extremely difficult. It's one of the most, not just one of the most challenging, but it's one of the most important aspects of church planting, Um, because just like a realtor, you know, would say the the old saying, you know, location, location, location. That's really what it is. And so we know that not only is it important to get a location that suits you well, but it's a location that Uh, people recognize, people know right away, you know, there's church place in the past that, you know, maybe they're in one town and and there's one school and they end up meeting in the school. Well, everybody knows because it's the school, you know, and so um, you you need a a place that people recognize. You need a place that's going to fit as many people as you're really, I would say, hoping Um, and not just planning. But hoping to have, and and obviously you can project and things, and that's that's very important. But to hope to, you know, say, hey, here's how many people we hope to have day one. And so we need a facility that's going to fit this many people because we're going to, if we're hoping for that, we're going to plan on that. Therefore, we're going to advertise for that. We're going to, you know, push for that. Yeah. Um, and then third, obviously, is like parking Uh, you know, you want to make sure you got enough parking for people. Um, and then probably the last thing is obviously the money side of things. Make sure that it's, it's reasonable, uh, for the church to maintain, not just day one, because day one, you know, what a lot of church planners do, and I'm sure I'll do when that day comes when we officially launch. Um, it's, uh, you know, you get through a day one and whoo, you come off this high and then you go, we got to do this next week. (laughs) And you realize, oh, we've started this thing. Like it's got to continue. Um, So you want to make sure it's feasible for you. Um, One of our biggest challenges right now through the pandemic is finding a place that will obviously host a a large group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so right now, what we're actually in the process of doing is we're going to do something called the Discover Experience. And the Discover Experience is simply scaled back services for a limited amount of people. Mm -hmm. But uh, what people have to do is reserve their spots and things like that. So we're, we're really trying to find ways around the issues at the moment. So honestly... I didn't expect, because of the pandemic, I didn't expect location to be the biggest uh, hurdle for us. But it has become the biggest hurdle for us. Um, Because at the end of the day, here's the thing. No matter if we meet our launch budget amount or not, church will happen. Because, one, church isn't the building, it's the people. Um, And two, because we can scale back whatever we need to in order to make sure the ministry is happening. And we'll still do it in a, in a way that has a quality of excellence. Um, but yeah, the location is definitely a difficult process, but we look at places like, um, auditoriums that are around the city, theaters, um, not just movie theaters, but theaters, plays and things like that. There's a civic center in town that we've really been trying to get into, um, Schools are huge uh, because what we do, for those who aren't aware of the church planning process, you basically start out mobile. You don't automatically start by building a big building or going in and purchasing something. You don't have the funds for that. You don't have even the credit for that, you know, for a bank to back you or anything like that. Um, So we go mobile. What that means is we're loading everything in and out every single week. Um and so you're talking anything from the sound equipment to the children's stuff to anything. I mean you name it. Um and so we'll we'll have a trailer. Um, depending on our location, if the location can hold, you know, storage facility, that's great, but more than likely either way, we'll probably still have to have a trailer that can load in and out. So we'll actually, even though service times might not be till like say nine or ten thirty in the morning. Um, if we do two services back to back, we will still probably have to show up at around I would, I I mean, I'm just throwing a number out there, probably like 6 a.m., Wow. Um, so three hours in advance just to load in, get set up, get a good solid sound check on everybody, make sure all the digital things are working, make sure you got the coffee ready, you got all the snacks ready for the kids, you know, Um, so much goes into a load in, load out situation. So it's really, that location aspect is even more important in that way to facilitate, okay, do 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 we have access to even like a garage door you know to a bay that we can load right up into or are we going to be walking through a double door or let alone could we we be walking through a single door you know uh, to load in load out sometimes big pieces of equipment um we don't know yet (laughs) uh but we're looking at places like schools that do have things like that as well we've been talking to uh, actually we've been talking to amc recently we have two movie theaters in town um, that can potentially host us. We have the quotes back. We're kind of ready to pull the trigger, but the issue is the sizing. So AMC is kind of going through a little fluctuation right now. We got to just, you know, weigh that out. But those are kind of the three main targets. Um, most organizations will tell you to stay away from things like strip malls, you know, where there's just, you know, little units in there because more than likely you'll outgrow them if your model is a big launch model. Then they'll also tell you to avoid, like I said earlier, buying a building because you have no, or even getting yourself into a lease. Yeah. Because if you get yourself into a lease and you end up you know, way outgrowing it really fast, well you're locked into that lease, more than likely for up to three, five years even. Right. Um, and then you're gonna have to work through that issue. Or you'll never uh, fill the capacity of that building and you'll be paying way too much when you could have found another facility for a lot less. So location obviously you can tell him a little bit on that topic right now <laughs> because it's it's kind of where we're at we're trying to figure out where can we go. So God actually blessed us I'll just hit this real quick. God actually blessed us back in June um or May. I can't remember which it was. Uh May or June um with a studio of our own and it's incredible. Uh you can go to our Facebook page or our, our website you can see a little video of it. But um We basically called a guy that we knew. He had a a place in downtown, so everybody knows where it's at. Um, And we called him, said, hey, here's what we're doing. He said, let me call you back tomorrow. And he called back the next day, and he goes, I talked to my wife. He said, I didn't tell you this yesterday because I didn't want to get your hopes up. He said, but we'd actually been planning on planting a church before we left the area. Fantastic. And he said, we really feel that God is having you kind of continue that journey that we never really got to go on. Wow. And so he said, in essence, I mean, the I could tell you all the details, but in essence, here's the space. And and it was like, what? And so we got it for next to nothing. We're in there. We are going to meet with our team. It looks good. It feels good. There's equipment in there. We've got everything. And then on top of our own equipment, which has been everything we have has pretty much been given to us. Um, And uh, so many testimonies, so many stories I could just go into. But um, so we're actually planning the Discover experiences there. Um, and we'll fit somewhere around 30 adults and then in another section of the building we'll have kids. So uh, we're just going to keep maxing those out until we need. We'll just do as many as it takes to fit as many people want to come uh, for right now. And then hopefully once things start to let up a little more, we'll, uh, we'll get into a facility like a school. We've got our eyes on, a, on two schools right now that I'm in uh, really good contact with the principals um, and the deans there. And they are like, man, we want you, but the public school system won't let us yet. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so got to pray with some of them. It's just been so cool. Just like the journey, even finding a location, just on this journey and people finding hope, you know, through all of it. So it's just, it's been a really, really cool experience so far.
0: That's beautiful. And like, I think a lot of people don't even really know, like, what do you do before you have church services? I mean, yeah. like what you're doing. So like, so Blake's here, and Blake's a member of your core team and stuff. Yeah. Where'd you meet Blake at? Like, How, how,
1: does, that, how does that even happen? Yeah. So uh, mutual contacts, yeah. honestly, that's that's one of the best ways to do it. Reach out to people you know in the area that you could say, hey, do you have a list of people that you could just give me just even so I can meet them? I don't, you know, we lived there before. My wife's from there, so we know okay. a, a good amount of people. But I mean, you know, there's... 80,000 people in the city. There's 120,000 people in the metro. We, we don't know everybody. <laughs> and so to reach, i say, hey, do you know some people? And here is kind of my end goal, you know, is to potentially see if they'd want to be a part of this. And... Um, they give us a list of people and that's even how I met Blake. You know, his cool. a mutual friend said, Hey, you should reach out to this guy. He's really cool. And and so we sat down at Panera. We just meet somewhere for coffee and uh and I tell him the vision, tell him what we're doing and say, just want to let you guys know and if you're interested in being a part, man, that'd be great. You know, and you know, I think it was just a few weeks later that uh that Blake and and some other people uh in the same kind of vein uh, said, Hey, we're all in. Nice, And, uh, and so that's really, that's definitely how we meet our team is more mutual stuff. Um, and then other people we knew previously um, and then we're meeting new people. Matter of fact, we had to go online for our welcome party that we were expecting 50 to 70 people at actually, like that was the solid number. Could have been more. <laughs> um, just two Sundays ago, we had to go online last minute a COVID related situation came up and uh, we still ended up having five people go all in online. Um, And then we, on top of that, we had like four or five kids, you know, along with those adults. So, Our team grew by about another 10 people just because of a last second online change. Could have been more in person. Who knows? Uh, But this is where we're at now. So now we're shifting our our, our vision to the experiences and gaining people that way and getting to meet them. Because honestly, there's a big desire for it, I think. We have a lot of people saying, well, when you get together, Mm -hmm. next time you have an event, we'll be there. And they mean it. But then we haven't been able to. Right, right. So these experience experiences limiting the amount of people, making sure we're doing the social distancing, will allow people to actually have that time Absolutely. with us and and potentially become a part of the team. So
0: that's really good. And you mentioned you know so when you do decide either launch your discover experiences or launch public service services whatever that looks like in this environment, mm-hmm. what do you do that first week? So now you have now you have a group, you have people. Right. Like what do you do that first week to help them either? engage or like take a next step or like what kind of opportunities do you offer in that very first
1: week right so i think that one of the things we want to make very clear to people is that we it's kind of hard to to explain i don't want to say we won't be a normal church Mm -hmm. because uh normal church has various you know things attached to it but we want to be a church that's not just come see us we want to go see you And so even multiple times out of the year, we're going to do something called serve days. And that'll be where we actually don't meet at the physical location that Sunday or whatever day of the week that service might be. And we go out into the community, do projects. We uh, are teaming up with the city. Um, I met with the city manager. And so we're actually teaming up with them in order to find revitalization projects we can do. And so even making sure that people understand, listen, this isn't just a come see us thing. Yeah. We're going to go to you. And and when people see that, their eyes are like, wait, what? You're doing, aren't you supposed to be at church right now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's Sunday morning. We are at church because we are the church. Mm-hmm. And so, but you asked about that first weekend. One, we want to make that a very clear thing. Two, uh, well, really, number one, the the biggest thing is to make sure people have an opportunity to come to know Christ. That's the first thing. If I can give anybody an opportunity to see or do anything, it's that. I don't care if they become a part of the church. I don't care about any of that. I care about people coming to find hope, purpose, and belonging through Jesus. Um, But when it comes to the the practical, the tangible, obviously we're going to have great worship times. We're going to have great teaching. um, But then also, we want to quickly... We don't know if it'll be immediately, but quickly initiate some kind of small groups um, that will get people into relationships fast um, because we know that through relationships, through belonging comes a lot of healing, comes a lot of freedom. And really comes a deeper understanding of God because we can't go over everything in one you know, hour long service. Um, but in a small group, you talk as long as you want, you go as long as you want, you do that. So we want to offer people, obviously, that opportunity. Definitely.
0: Love that. So if I can ask, I mean, you, you've now moved your family to Decatur. You got all this invested. You got a core team who's all invested. What's your biggest fear right now?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> My biggest fear is that COVID will never end. <laughs> me and you both. I mean, genuinely, I mean, yeah, you guys were, you were telling me about, you know, just waiting for international flights to open back yeah. up uh, for the global team. Um, we're just waiting for COVID to be over, one, so that people, um, I understand fear is a real thing. But God offers something better than fear, and that's hope. Mm-hmm. And hope says uh, the best is yet to come. Tomorrow will be better than today. And so when I say my biggest fear, uh, my biggest fear is just that this will fundamentally change the way people interact with each other. The term even social distancing, I believe, is dangerous. I really do. I think that there's a difference between physical distancing and social distancing. And we have to be very careful as to which we promote the most because social distancing indicates – stay away from each other. And that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to bring people together. The heart of God is to have a relationship with one another and is to connect with people because he wants us to connect with him. And so my biggest fear is that this will fundamentally change the way people even interact, I think, together. Um, and so to make sure that we're not overtaken by that, one of our biggest cores, so you've heard me say it a few times already, hope, purpose, and belonging. Those are our three main, like, I would would say values, I guess, that we're going to strive to hit every single week, no matter what. You're going to hear it in various forms, you know, throughout a message, throughout the worship, throughout the announcements, throughout everything. You're going to see these three things implemented. But the third one, belonging, it really didn't come into our picture, our point of view until we moved to Decatur. And God just really set it on my wife and I's heart. People need to feel like they belong somewhere. And then all of a sudden COVID hits Mm -hmm. and now people feel like i can't belong anywhere i shouldn't belong anywhere and i think honestly it's a tactic of the enemy to say don't get near them don't get close too close too close too close stay isolated and when the enemy can isolate you that is when he's got you cornered and he's got you backed up and he's saying listen you're not going anywhere and so isolation is dangerous connectedness is, is what God wants. And so I really think that my biggest fear, if I had to put on it, I mean, I don't want to say I fear anything, you know, uh, but if, if I had a concern, it would be that this will fundamentally change the way people interact.
0: Good answer. This is great, No, Noah, having you here, especially right now while you're kind of in the pre-launch process and everything. So I hope that we can figure out how to do this again maybe in a year yes. to kind of follow along where you guys yes. are at. So I really want Parkview people to understand what is involved in starting a new church yeah something we're really passionate about all over the world and and you guys are so close which is which is awesome yeah um so you and tricia are definitely leading a life on mission and you know that's a big deal for us here at parkview and um you have a great story about how god has kind of led you through this whole process what would you tell someone who's looking for where maybe god is leading them in their life and you know maybe not to go start a new church but even in their job in their community you know within, within their friends like how do they hear god's voice and and how do they understand what God wants for them for their life?
1: Yeah. Um, two biggest things, and they're going to be the Sunday school answers. You got to get into the Bible. You got to get into God's word. It's going to teach you so much. And here's the thing. Uh, Blake and I were talking about this on the way up. The Bible, a lot of people, I've had what I call closet Christians come up to me. And, they'll, and the, it's so funny. They'll come up and they'll say, you're a Christian they'll whisper it and I'm like yes I am like me too like tell everybody you know and uh but the number one concern I hear from them is I don't understand my Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to read it. So there's a few things I tell people. You know, get the get the U version Bible app. It's the best thing you're going to find. It's got plans. It's got you know descriptions. It's got everything every version you could ever need and, and understand. And then the second thing is to possibly get a study Bible that has you know a lot of notes in it that are going to help you understand each scripture as it's written. Don't start in Leviticus. Start in Matthew. <laughs> you know, don't don't start with the hard stuff. Start with the stuff that's easy to digest and you can understand it a little more. Um, But get in your word. God's going to speak to you primarily through that. You want to know how God speaks to you. The first and foremost way that God speaks to his people is through the word of God. It's through the Bible. So open it up. Don't let it sit on the shelf. Get into his word. If you don't have a Bible, I know Parkview will give you a Bible and they'll help you understand it too. Pastor Tim is so practical in his teaching and the rest of the teaching team is as well. And so do that. The second thing is to pray. And, and you say, well, you know, I know that's the answer for everything. The fact of the matter is prayer moves the hand of God. And it honestly opens up that communication line. And prayer is a two-way thing. It's not just talking to God. It's not a honey-do list of what we need. If that's what it is, then God's our made, and there's no point to keep him around. But that's not it at all. Prayer is a two-way communication. God's going to talk to you. You're going to talk to God. You say, how do I hear God's voice? One, sometimes you got to be still. You got you to gotta calm down. You got to listen. You got to listen with your heart. And some of you are going to go, is that me or is that God? Well, let's see. Does it match up with what God's word says? And see, you're, you're going back again. You're saying, what does God's word say? Well, God's going to talk to me when I need him. God's going to answer me when I ask it in Jesus' name. You know, so there's a lot of things that you're going to learn through the word and through prayer that will lead you in your life to say, this is the direction God wants me to go. This is where I need to go. And here's the thing. God's already given you. I love Proverbs 16. It says that uh, common sense is a fountain of life to whoever finds it. God, What is that saying? God gave us brains. He gave us the knowledge. The, the mind is the gateway to the soul. And so if you have a talent, an ability, a um, maybe even just a drive for something in particular that's kingdom oriented, more than likely... That's exactly what God programmed you to do. For me, for a very long time, it was worship. Honestly, it's still worship. I love worship. I'm not going to stop doing worship just because I'm a lead pastor now. But my sh- my calling has kind of shifted to where God said, I also want you to teach my word. And I want you to help people understand it because I know that it can be difficult sometimes. That's what pastors are for. And so... um, Definitely two things, get into the word and get into prayer, get into God's presence. It will change the way you think. If anything, it will simply shift your perspective. So I would say that.
0: Really good. Last question we ask everybody. So so Noah, how can our listeners pray for you and pray for Discovered
1: Church? Yeah. Obviously, you know, you say for the kind of two different aspects. For myself and and my family, um, pray for us on a personal level that we will have uh, wisdom from God to know what to do, um, how to do it. Uh, and even when it comes to the COVID situation, the timeline, how we guide people, we had to make an integrity move last week and tell people, Hey, you know, it's two and a half hours before the event, but we need to let you know that there's been some contact tracing saying that COVID has been in contact with someone on our team. And so we need to let you know, and we're going to go online. That was not an easy decision to make, but through the help of the Holy Spirit, that's the only way I can describe it. We knew we had to make the integrity call. And so we need wisdom, continual wisdom. We need strength. I'll tell you what, I've cried a couple times. I'm not, a too, I'm, not, I'm not too big to admit it. I've cried a couple times in the past few weeks because this is a very difficult season, and it's not just for the low man on the totem pole that's you know jobless and everything like that. It's for everyone, top to bottom, left to right. It doesn't matter. This has affected everybody. So pray for continual strength. And then the three things for Discover Church specifically, we're, we're always asking people— um, to pray in general uh, for the launch of the church, for the for the the people um, and everything like that, uh, for salvation to take place, um, for uh, our three things again—hope, purpose, and belonging through Jesus—to really come alive for people. Um, and then the second thing is for um, our finances. Um, we're still continually working on our finances uh, and asking people to give um, whatever they can. We're not looking at people say, "All right, we need a donation of one thousand dollars from each person." No, uh, ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, hundred, and, and beyond. Any little bit helps. You may, and each dollar um, is really providing something for someone, maybe it's that hope, maybe it's that purpose, maybe it's that belonging. And then the third thing is obviously our location, like we were talking about earlier. That's a, a very crucial point right now.
0: That's awesome. Good. Well, thank you so much, Noah, for sharing your heart today about yeah. for new churches and what God's doing through Discover Church.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Parkview is so honored to partners with you guys and can't wait to see what God's going to do in Decatur. It's, it's, it's exciting. exciting. It is exciting. Very
1: exciting. We're in it together. So.
0: We want to let all of our listeners know they can check the show notes and find out more about Noah and Discover Church. Uh, and maybe also if you want to contribute towards Discover Church, we'll put that information in there also. Also in the notes will be links for more information on each of Parkview's global partners and ways you can be connected. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Blessings.